Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 75 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we're reading chapter 28 of Homecoming, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to write into the show, head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com. Right there, you can get in touch with me. Three ways we can go over it at the end. Didn't do that last episode. Who gives a shit? Because nobody does. But go to jeffreadshisbook.com. And while you're there, buy a prequel to this terrible, terrible book we're reading today. Oh boy. So this is my second chapter of the day. I literally finished episode 74 uh, 45 seconds ago. So <laughs> we're just going to keep trucking through this. I got no reason to stop right now because that was so short. It took 10 minutes to record a whole episode. Mm. Mm. I'm still working on the same glass of whiskey. Yeah, that's how you save money. One glass of whiskey, two episodes, baby. Oh, yes. So uh, nothing happened since last episode, since it was 45 seconds ago, other than the dryer is done now. So I'm actually, by recording this, procrastinating on folding laundry, which I think is a uh, good reason for anything. You know what I mean? So today we're going to read chapter 28. Okay, so this one's a little longer. It's 89 lines. So we'll have some fun with it. I don't think there are any drinking breaks, but what are you going to do? There'll be some excitement and like stealth creeping around. Ooh, scary. This is going to be fun. So this chapter's a little better. I think we're going to enjoy it a little more than last chapter. Um, yeah, uh, there's probably not many horses in it, okay? Uh, if you were not a fan of the barnyard animals that, remember, did trample some sleeping or unconscious soldiers earlier in, like, chapter 26. Five. Chapter 25, maybe, yeah. So just keep that in mind. These aren't good people, our heroes. <laughs> uh, well, why don't we just go ahead and dive in to chapter 28. So for today's episode, I am still drinking the same glass of Wild Turkey 101 Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. There's no ice in it anymore. Mm. But it is very good. I'll give it that. Um, One of my favorites, I think I've pointed that out, I did buy it uh, Tuesday last week. And... um, yeah, can't complain. Very nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, we're probably going to get through with this chapter. That's for sure. Why don't we start reading this dumb book, huh? Let's, let's see what happens now. I don't know. Should I release this episode the same week? I think I should. Who cares? All right. Let's see what the fuck's going on in this stupid-ass book. All right. The ground-shaking explosion reminded Henry that he had one other option just as he was considering a surrender. Quickly reaching into his pocket, he pulled out the tinal... Quickly reaching into his pocket, he pulled out the tiny vial that Leonid had gave him. Had Leonid gave him. There's no had in there. I wanted to say had given, but I guess it's just gave him. It was about the Sam size as his pinky finger, which, quickly checking, fit easily inside the lock on the stairway gate. Ooh, he probably got, like, grease on his finger now, and that shit's annoying. If you can't get to, like, soap anytime soon, now you're going to get it all over your clothes and stuff. He placed the glass vial carefully inside the lock, noting that the glass seemed quite thin. 
he now doubted that he should have left it in in a pocket. Sorry, I don't know why I'm having trouble reading. Probably all the bourbon. Woo! <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Hoping that the explosion far above was still sufficient distraction. Okay, su- a sufficient distraction maybe would have been better. <laughs> he backed into the hallway, glancing down to the clump of soldiers and the female mage from earlier looking at the ceiling. The mage was the first to notice him in the hallway. When he stuck out his hand, aiming at the lock first, then closing his eyes and turning his face away, she called, Don't bother, it's protected against... Henry unleashed a quick zap of energy directly at the lock, which was instantly followed by an ear-ringing explosion. Henry was battered by debris and dust, and he could feel a few places on his side that would be badly bruised. Looking up, he saw only a cloud of dust. Glancing down the hallway, he saw the mage and her guards covering their eyes, stunned. He darted forward before they regained their senses. Ooh, exciting! The gate was now... Uh, sorry, I gotta, I gotta scroll a little bit. The gate was now hanging only from its bottom hinge, and the entire lock mechanism was completely missing. The walls and ceiling were damaged quite severely from the blast Henry could immediately see. Climbing over a small pile of rubble and through the damaged gate, he walked a few steps up. Turning, he quickly sent a blast of energy into the damaged ceiling, and the rock broke free, creating a waist-high pile blocking the gate. Trying one more time didn't yield any further rock, so he bolted up the stairs. The stairs seemed to go up maybe three stories, turning back on themselves three times before ending. At the top, he carefully peeked around the corner, ready to break into a coughing fit if he needed to act helpless. The hallway was empty, though, for which he was thankful. When he started down the hallway, he cursed the unremarkableness of it and decided to try to work towards where the cavernous dome where he had materialized would be. (laughs) What a freaking tongue twister. He guessed it would be towards the center of the complex. I'm going to just get a little bourbon in me. No drinking breaks in these short chapters. I think one of the discussion questions in the last episode, which I actually asked you guys eh, about eight minutes ago, (laughs) was what do you think of this book format? And I'll say from a drinking perspective, it sucks ass. All right. After a bit of running, he slowed down. He slowed down since there was no sign of pursuit and his ankles were still sore. What a tool. Turning at a dead end in the hallway, he started traveling to his left. The lack of people around and seeming abandonment of the facility confused him. He wasn't sure whether everyone was responding to whatever the large explosion had been, or if this group was just severely understaffed. Ooh, I hope we cover staffing in this. Oh, and paperwork. It's my favorite thing to write about, apparently. Bloop, 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 bloop. The complex also showed signs of age, ancient age. The hallways had been expertly hewn from the rock, but it was clear that it had been done in the... Pe- the, the it's just TH. I was trying to make it uh, quick, but I read everything wrong. But it was clear it had been done in the distant past. 
There were signs of hurried fixes and shoddy attempts at cleaning the aged complex. You like that, aged? That revealed that whoever was running this underground fortress simply found it as opposed to building it. I think that's not a proper way to say that. They found it as opposed to built it? I think you would say built it. Anyway. He guessed with confidence that he was inside one of the palaces or fortresses mentioned in the ancient histories he had been reading only a day ago. Remember you got him at the bookstore? Uh, well, uh, this book is, uh, for a fantasy novel, this is really dull that I just had to remind you that he read something in a book he got at a bookstore a day ago in book time. What a fucking snore. <laughs> Hearing voices in the distance, Henry stepped into an empty room. The brown walls, crumbling in some places, revealed nothing of its ancient use, and clearly nobody had been inside since the complex reopened. Ugh, it's probably spiders. The voices were ahead of him down a side alley, and the conversation was her easily heard echoing. Yeah, the entire west entrance was destroyed, some sort of magic. I thought it was impenetrable. Wouldn't be the first time we've been lied to. Anyway, Andreth is panicking, sending everyone up there. Are we going to are we giving up with the plan? No, our lady says that fear will put a stop to any opposition. Well, that opposition might already be inside. Do you like that voice? I did some good voices there. The conversation dwindled as the walked away. <laughs> Henry leaned into the hallway and saw two men walking away. And that ends chapter 28. All right. Well, that chapter was a lot less exciting than I thought it would be. I think I might have oversold it with my description. What did I say? Like some excitement and stealth. What? He ducked into a room once. Ugh. Not a great chapter to read. I mean, it was okay, right? I, I think this whole section probably was one chapter at some point with a lot of drinking breaks in it, and uh, that maybe is looking like it would have been a better idea now. Because <laughs> this kind of stinks, don't you think? Um, oh, and how about that last sentence? Wait a minute, let's go back to that bullshit. Like, I would have made fun of it, but I had to end the chapter, right? Right? Henry leaned into the, what? Oh, the conversation dwindled as the, the walked away. Henry leaned into the hallway and saw two men walking away. Why would I write that? That's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's just, I know. They're walking away. That's just padding right there. Am I right? Even when I was typing it in, wouldn't I have noticed that this stinks? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that, that was kind of lame. I, yeah, I, I definitely oversold this chapter. I, hopefully this book gets better at some point. I feel like it's a little... It's not awful, but it's so disjointed because of the way I'm reading it that it does seem awful. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine, I guess. What are you going to do? This is another short-ass chapter. Um, what else is there to say about this? Not much. I like the little glass vial that blew up the lock. That was pretty snazzy, right? That You know what? If I get arrested by, like, in some, like, podunk town... I'm going to make sure I have an explosive glass vial in my pocket so I can blow the uh, jail cell open, right? And then Andy Griffith will have to chase me down, but he won't catch me. I'm too fast for that man, huh? Is he alive still? And uh, who was his helper? Um, the deputy on the Andy Griffith show. What the fuck? Uh, I can't think of it. Ah, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, what are you going to do? I'm going to have a sip. Mm. 
All right. All right. Let's do some discussion questions. Okay. So I got two for you today. Uh, the first one is uh, question one. Okay. So he's in what used to be clearly some sort of abandoned fortress. All right. So my question is, what are your thoughts on urban exploration? Huh? When you go into like abandoned buildings and go look around and stuff, I got to say like, uh, the closest I've come to it is I would go around campus some days when I was bored. Uh, you know, like I was walking home from class and I had I knew none of my friends were around. And well, this was back in college, obviously. And I, so I had nothing to do, right? So uh, I would take like a route that took me through a building that I don't normally go to. And then eventually I'd be like, well, let me go to the basement of this building and walk through there or something. That was always kind of neat. And it was kind of urban exploration-y if you will. Like, um, I'm trying to think. I were like two good examples. I remember there used to be a, a building on campus called Pardee Hall that is, it wasn't a party. It sucked. It was a real piece of shit building. And I think one day I just went in the basement. I'm like, yeah, let's go through here. And it said like the door was labeled like sophomore laboratory and had been painted in like 1962. And I went inside and it was just stacks and stacks of like file boxes just full of just nonsense i'm like wow this is weird and it wasn't locked i just strolled right through there the whole length of the building in the basement yeah although you know what there was no water damage so that's impressive on those builders you know what i mean um trying and then there was like the in the business school i remember you know uh most of cases buildings on the campus were like you'd enter if you were on campus you'd enter and it'd be the third floor and the first on one side of the quad I guess the first floor was down at street level which was like much lower because Case didn't like Cleveland so they built up like a wall so you wouldn't have to look at the plight of the poor so um I, I remember this one elevator in the business school building was marked uh it, it was just an elevator, right? But uh, it didn't go down to floor one, but you'd take it up to like the, you know, eighth floor or whatever. But it had a two on it. And I'm like, there's no two in this building. So I hit two and it took me down a flight and then it opened up onto this like completely abandoned, unfinished floor. It was just full of garbage, like just old, like uh, computers nobody was using and just boxes of shit and tables they didn't want and stuff like that just lying around a big heaping pile it was very strange it was cool though it was neat to explore you know what i mean but that's about as close to like urban exploration as i can get like going into like an abandoned factory uh, i feel like i'm too afraid of like uh first like murderous homeless people who are like high on meth or something that are gonna kill me <laughs> which Probably isn't as big a problem as rats, <laughs> which one of my friends pointed that out when I said, wouldn't it be neat to look in there? And he was just like, I'm sure there's a ton of rats. And I was like, all right, I didn't think of that. That's gross. <laughs> so because if there's one thing I can deal with a mouse to a degree, but a fucking rat, God damn, No, thank you. <laughs> Maybe if I had like a sealed carry permit, but then I'd probably just get in a lot of trouble for trespassing with a gun. <laughs> So I don't do the urban exploration, but I will say I'm fascinated when people post pictures of that kind of stuff. Yeah. What are your thoughts? You like that kind of stuff? I think it's fun to look at. I'm not doing it, though. Yeah. It's scary. All right. All right. Question two. So Henry points out he had this thin glass vial that explodes in his pocket. Uh, what's something that you should not have kept in your pocket, but you did? <laughs> um, like... 
I mean, there's the easy one. I've had in my day, you know, pens that I put in my pocket and just sitting down and standing up or whatever, it breaks the pen. And now I'm covered in blue ink everywhere, including my wallet is just coated in it. That's happened to me before, but uh, I'm trying to think anything else. Like, um, I have right now, I do have eyeglasses that have, um, magnetic snap-on sunglass attachments that look pretty boss, so go fuck yourself if you think I'm lame. But uh, they're pretty awesome, and uh, I always leave them on because, you know, they're my glasses, and then I walk in a building and go, God damn it! And so I take off my sunglasses, and I put them in, like, my butt pocket, and um, I always forget they're there, so I sit on them all the time, yeah. And uh, worse than that, I forgot to take them out of my pants once, and they went through the laundry, totally fucking ruined them. Had to get, well... What did they do? It took off. They had a mirror shine, you know, just because if the magnetic things didn't make me look stupid enough, I had that like douchey mirrored finish on them too, which whatever, it looked cool. But uh, yeah, that, that got all fucked up on it. So then I had to like scrub it off and uh, it was bad. I'm trying to think anything else that I shouldn't have had in a pocket, but I did. I can't think of anything, but do you guys have like a good story? I mean... I've probably kept, like, floppy disks in my pocket back in the day. That's not a good plan. Uh, that's about it, though. I don't think anything else. I've had, like, I've been stabbed by pencils that I kept in my pocket, like, by myself, which is a real stupid thing to do, but that's about it. Yeah, right into the show. Head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com. And right there, there's three ways you can contact a major novelist. That's right, me. Uh, you can write in at uh, email at jeff at rainbow-100.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at Fortran Jeff, or hit me up on Mastodon at jeff at toot.rainbow-100.com. That's exciting, guys. Right into the show. Uh, I haven't had any feedback in months, I guess. <laughs> The download stats don't look good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like three of them are myself, so that's not good. And then, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's listening. Whatever, who gives a shit, right? It's fun making podcasts. You guys should all make a podcast too. But write a book first and then read that on the podcast. That'd be fun. Yay! Well, that about wraps it up. I'm going to go bug Laura. She's, uh, she's doing studying. I'm going to probably make some coffee too because I'm about to pass out of exhaustion. So uh, anyway, until next time, keep on reading.